and five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to America.com. My name is Rich Doc Hayden, and I am with... And here we are. It is the beginning of October. We have our friend and 2-7 brother, Matthew Maxwell, with us tonight. Maxwell, how are you doing? Doing great. Excellent, excellent. So, you know, the last two weeks, there has been a whole lot going down in Ukraine. Uh, we are continuing our coverage of Ukraine, our talk about it. I have been kind of obsessed with it. I've actually been glued to the news for the last couple days, uh, just watching, um, just seeing how these referendums play out. Um, just a quick little recap. The uh, last week, Russia um, uh, formally annexed the four regions of the Ukraine. And by formally annexed, what I mean is they held an illegal referendum where they had some citizens uh, vote at gunpoint and the uh, the results were overwhelmingly to secede and um, join Russia. Literally nobody believes it. It was just a, a fig leaf, a, a very poorly done uh, a fig leaf to add some shimmer of legitimacy to this very illegal war. And um, but so that was that was actually uh, the end of last week. But then in the days since this. Um, annexation was formalized by Putin and the, 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 the State Duma, which is the lower house of the Kremlin, which is basically a rubber stamp uh, for what Putin wants to do. Um, Ukraine has made, um, the Ukrainian army has made gains in these regions, and the Russian, um, uh, it was the foreign ministry even came out and admitted that they don't know where the boundaries of these uh, regions are. So, um, So, let's go ahead and jump into it. Harp, what have you been seeing? What do you think? No, I mean, I, I think where he, he's claiming that he could take those or that territory. Uh, but there really hasn't been a whole lot on the news mm. uh, around here about it. I guess, I guess nothing's, uh, nothing's really changed. I did, I did, the big news was the Russian nuclear submarine had moved. Uh, it's no longer at the port. I didn't read that, so hmm. I don't know where it's heading, but it'll be interesting. Yep. Let's see where it lands. I, I, I'm sorry. So I haven't. I didn't read that. So they move. A Russian nuclear submarine has moved. What's what's what's? Yeah, this? it's. Uh, let me pull it back up. It's just their big nuke sub mm -hmm. that has all their nuclear warheads on it. Mm -hmm. It moved. They hadn't moved in months. Ah, okay. Yeah. So we're we're gonna talk about nukes uh, later on, definitely. But there, yeah, the nuclear element is very interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Pull it up. Pull it up. Why are you pulling that up? Let me move on. Maxwell, what have you seen? Well, I've seen uh, substantial gains by the Ukrainian counteroffensive. Uh, you know they've completely liberated huge swaths of land and it and their main their main efforts up into the north and their supporting effort in the south has actually made some huge gains in fact that in the uh 
supporting effort in the south. They cut off a couple thousand Russian soldiers. They completely engulfed them. Uh, so that's good. It's been a, a lot of progress for Ukrainians. And the U.S. just announced that they're going to send, I think it's uh, $652 billion of material to Wait, Ukrainians. $652 million. Yeah, okay. Yeah, six hundred fifty-two million more high Mars, MRAPs, other other things. Mm-hmm. It's good. Good for us to. I agree. Feed that war effort, and of course, we are probably uh, supplying them intelligence and and using our strategic and national assets to to help them target and uh, and collect. So that's good. Yeah, from from my understanding, it's the um, so uh, the HIMARS and some of these um, the artillery and some of these weapon systems that we're providing. So we're, we're I'm sorry, we're providing these weapon systems, um, intelligence support, and then also um, some tactical planning at some of the higher levels. So I know that um, you know some of our generals and some British generals have been uh, working very closely. Um, with the Ukrainians in some war planning, and th- those are the kind of three big ones that I've read about. I'm sure there's more. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that the um, the CIA has some um, training programs. I'm sure special forces um, have some training programs. I for you know, for people who um, are not really familiar with the military, um, one of the um, main um, missions of uh, U.S. special forces is to train foreign militaries. It's not just you know, uh, you know, going in and, and and you know the seals go in and blow stuff up, but you know, green berets and other um, clandestine units they go in and they'll train you know paramilitary groups or um, uh, governmental groups. And I'm sure that there's a ton of that going on that um, we're not hearing about, um, uh, uh, but it's happening. And I and definitely there's well there's obviously a lot of training um, uh, with these new weapon systems, but. Um, yeah, so there's oh, a yeah, yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. that's definitely going on. Yeah, so the um, that, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people think that like SF operations are all like direct action and kicking doors in, and that's the sexy stuff. But yeah, like a large part of what the Green Beret do is foreign internal defense and and uh, security co-ops and stuff like that training mm-hmm. for militaries yeah so, so yes i'm sure they're they're on the ground they've been on the ground for the last couple of months at least and um yeah getting these guys up to speed and it shows i mean it's it's the i mean pound for pound the ukrainian army has been far more lethal than the russian army um uh, at, at you know at, th- at this point probably it, you know, it could be argued that the the pound for pound, the Ukrainian army is probably one of the most lethal on the planet um, uh, at this moment. You know what I mean? Just because just the way they've conducted themselves and, uh, you know, uh, just operationally, they've been fantastic. So, um, yeah. So, you know, the um, yeah, I've I've been the, the, the thing that has really struck me is so, oh, you know, there's been this the last week, this huge, disgusting uh, effort by the Kremlin to annex these um, these regions in Russia. And there was this big, it made me want to puke. Putin got together with the um, 
the, the, leader, the, the, in, the leaders that the Kremlin installed of these regions, and they all put their hands together and did this big, like, like Russia, 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 and uh, at, at this big, just pompous ceremony at um, the Kremlin. But on the ground, I mean, on the ground, nothing has really changed. I mean, the Ukrainians are still pressing ahead. They're still pushing forward. Uh, you know, uh, Russia claims to annex these um, territories, yet they control. They still control some of it. They do still control parts of these territories, but they don't control. Uh, they certainly don't control all of them by any means. And even the areas that they do control um, are pretty precarious. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Maxwell, this goes to what you're saying, but, you know, would you agree? How, well, let me ask you this. What do you think Russia's position is on the ground now? And has this, you know, so-called annexation uh, changed anything? This annexation is a perfect example of the emperor's new clothes, mm. right? Like, yeah, it is. It is one hundred percent farce. In fact, I read something where people were like, I don't know what vote they're talking about because there was nobody voting around here, right? It's all, it's all propaganda, and yeah, you could you could have ceremonies all you want in Moscow, but. The Ukrainians are taking that ground faster than you can freaking blink, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's all for naught. It's 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 a great show, uh, but it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Total bullshit. Total bullshit. So yeah, and it's it's uh, yes, I it's it's crazy how it's. This goes to I, I I brought this up a while back. I read something. Because Russia will always do these large-scale exercises, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you watch the video of the exercise taking place, you're like, Jesus Christ. You believe that the whole narrative of the Red Army is unstoppable. But the the interesting thing about the article pointed out, it was, uh, I think it was Rand Corporation, did some, like, deep dive in it. And it takes months and months and months of coordination to put these exercises together and then it depletes the military of so much that it takes three to five months for them to recover Mm -hmm. from doing these large scale exercises, which they parade to the world as something that's like, Oh yeah, we whipped this, we mobilized in a week and this is the, this is what the Mm -hmm. red army could do. Right. Like, so, you know, it's, it's all pomp and circumstance with no with no teeth. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Just like this referendum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so before we move on to that, Harp, did you find anything about the nuclear sub? Yeah, yeah. I just found the article. Perfect. So, what did they? Was, NATO, did, NATO, NATO. It says NATO. This uh, New York Post it says NATO warned its members. Uh, states, including the U.S. and Russia's, uh, I'm thinking, probably butchered this name, but Bel- Belgorod nuclear submarine has left its base in the Arctic Circle. Mm. It measures more than 600 feet in length. The Bel- Belgorod is the largest submarine in the world. It's capable of carrying doomsday nuclear torpedo drones, which, according to Russia, could trigger 1,600-foot nuclear tsunamis. Uh, that would demolish coastal cities hundreds of miles away 
and render them uninhabitable for decades. Mm. Mm. All right. Is what it says. So. Yeah, it just it's moved. I mean, that's just some intel, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So this is the first. This is the first that I've heard of. Um, this was a day ago. This came out a day ago. Okay. That that I've heard of um, this happening. I'm looking up something right now. The I haven't heard um, anything about it. But this that is that is if that is um, if that's true, I'm sure it is. Then that would be the first sort of movement of nuclear uh, weapons that I have heard of. So nuclear weapons. Um, all right. So now, one of the last, what the the last big bit of leverage that Putin has left is this large Russian nuclear arsenal. And I actually read a fantastic article, which I should have forwarded on to you guys, but a fantastic article about. Um, it's kind of gaming out the nuclear scenario and what entails. So uh, I learned a little bit too. There are many, many different types of nuclear weapons. You have ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles. These are the ones when you think about like Armageddon and the end of the world, um, ICBMs are the ones that you think about. And they're the, they're the, the missiles that um, can, uh, you know, are launched from, uh, 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 you know, ground silos in the U.S. and in Russia, and they carry, you know, seven or eight warheads, and they're enough where one missile can wipe out an entire city. Um, you have, uh, I, 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 I'm not sure if the submarine-launched missiles are ICBMs necessarily, but they're, um, the missiles that launch from the submarines have um, uh, a similar destructive capacity as well as some of the airborne um, nuclear missiles. And that's, the, if anybody doesn't know, it's the, the, um, the nuclear triangle of, you know, air, sea, and land-based missiles. And um, uh, we have those, Russia has those. And there, th- this article that I read w- said that um, most, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, people in national security in the U.S. are not as concerned about some of the you know the larger weapons, the weapons that could wipe out a city, they 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 don't think that that's um, that Putin's going to use them. That's going to be much of a threat. Now, what they are concerned about are what are called tactical nuclear weapons. Now, tactical nuclear weapons are much smaller, and they're meant to be used um, against specifically you know enemy forces. Um, or like a, a, a specific civilian zone. So if you think about um, these, these weapons are, are they're maybe like six inch. The, the warhead is like maybe six inches across. Um, it could be mounted on um, into an artillery shell and sent, and it's meant to kill a, um, a you know, destroy a battalion-sized force of soldiers. And a battalion-sized force of soldiers is is a few thousand. So um, like a battalion-sized source soldiers are maybe like half a city or like a, a base, you know, so maybe with a, a one mile or so radius of destruction, it would still release a pretty gnarly uh, radioactivity, uh, a bit of radioactivity, um, which depending on which way the wind is blowing, um, could poison, you know, thousands of miles around, but it is um, much smaller, um, much harder to detect, and um, is is used is specifically um, against uh, uh, um, uh, military forces, and the it's the um, doctrine is called escalation to de-escalation. So theoretically, 
if the Russians were to use it. They, that's just the, the, the scenario in which they'd use it is if uh, the Ukrainian army continues to make um, uh, great gains and makes headway, and they, um, they're, you know, they're advancing on a Russian position, and the Russians decide to launch one of these, or, or you know, fire one of these smaller tactical nuclear weapons, and stop an, uh, you know, in a, in invading division or an in, uh, invading, um, uh, or excuse me, an advancing division or an, an advancing regiment. So um, that would definitely be a move of um, desperation. Um, it, it would basically, you know, mean that uh, Russia's pretty much taxed out its conventional military capabilities. So, um, Maxwell, let me let me uh, open this up to you regarding tactical nuclear weapons, large scale nuclear weapons. What do you think? And have you you heard what's going on? And where do you think we're at with those? It's interesting because I read a similar article, maybe the same article about the escalation to de-escalation mm -hmm. strategy. Um, you know, obviously the nuke thing is something that everyone following this war is following because as Putin runs out of options, so they don't will do it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I had read something that off of LinkedIn that said NATO, it was either NATO or the EU said that the Russians nuke posture hasn't changed despite these claims, but then that nuke sub that Harpo was just talking about, that kind of, that is a change. So mm. I don't know how old the information was I was looking at. Um, but up until that point, it's like, well, nothing's really changed right now, so it's just words. But um, Ben Conable, who used to work at Rand Corporation, uh, and he's also a Marine Intel officer, just put a, oh, he just shared an article from the New York Times about Russia employing nuclear weapons. This, that's the, I think that's the same article right. I read. Yeah. It was in the Times. Oh, was it about the airburst munitions? Because you were just talking about that. Oh, uh, it was, it, it wasn't about airburst, but it was about, they, was, they discussed how, like, actually, they had a brief quote from Colin Powell when he was in um, Germany in 1958, um, his army unit had these, uh, had had some tactical nuclear weapons, and he was like, it's absolutely crazy that we would even consider, you know, have considered using these, and the actually, the article went on to say that they actually have very little um, long-term uh, military value because they, you know in the short term uh, they will stop an invading army, but then the political repercussions are just uh, just oh, yeah. yeah they they, they yeah. ripple out and they wouldn't be worth it in the long term. But I'm sorry, go on. Well, I believe that that actually sounds like the exact same article, but mm -hmm. uh, but they're saying how the employment might be where they detonate a nuke in the air uh, high enough. Ooh where it decreases the fallout, but mm -hmm. employed directly out the frontline troops. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it also goes on to talk about like a bent spear or broken arrow situation where as Russia's already mismanaged this entire war, but, you know, pushing new capabilities of the front lines could mean, you know, it gets, uh, it's on the counter for, which the, could be a scenario, mm. or a Russian bomber gets 
shot down or whatever. So there's uh, basically any way to dice it up, like adding nukes to the fight is going to be a horrible thing. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where where we're at with that, who, who knows, right? But there's devastating effects regardless. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, he's putting the fear, I mean, with this one, he's talking about, he's putting the fear of anybody who would live on the coast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking 1,600-foot tsunami wave. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of miles wide, you know, however wide. Yep. Yeah, it's it's they, they this article I said that it said that um nuclear weapons their their main um their 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 main uh, are, are most um they're most effective as a psychological weapon um to yep keep I mean I can it's you know you could argue that um nuclear since you know uh, uh since Russia acquired nuclear weapons in the late for, late 40s or early 50s I think when they they uh detonated their first one um that they've kept us theoretically kept us out of world war three i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but um yeah the 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 uh fear of mutually assured destruction which is what would happen basically um has kept you know russia and the united states from going into full-scale conflict in that time but um but see i think that uh what would i think biden hasn't come out and said it publicly but i'm sure he's uh communicated this to the russians is that um, this will be the um, red line that if Russia crosses, we're like NATO is going to get involved, and there's um, you know various things we could do to it. Um, real quick, I as I was here, listening to you guys talk about the um, Russian submarine, um, that Russian submarine, uh, uh, assuming it doesn't break down on the way to its intended um, location, it might. Uh, 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 you know, it might be it might be a threat, but who knows? With all the fucking shoddy Russian um, weaponry, who knows if that'll make it? But, but aside, that's a little aside. Um, you know, I think politically, uh, if he does use a nuclear weapon, he's going to see. Um, he well, first of all, again, NATO's going to get involved, but he'll see his support from um, countries like India and China virtually disappear um the europeans to their credit right now seem pretty serious about going this winter without russian natural gas or very close to it i think that that would uh, use of a nuclear weapon would solidify um support uh in europe for full sanctions against russia and it would basically uh it, it would basically turn russia into a giant north korea cut off from the rest of the world um, they, you know, Europe and the West, um, wouldn't be buying any of its, any of its energy supplies. Um, the, uh, uh it would have to sell its energy at a disc, hugely discounted rate to India and China who have no <laughs> brotherly love for Russia and would be more than happy to, um, buy its gas and, um, uh, oil for, you know, pennies on the dollar. And it would basically turned it into an impoverished state. You know, I I'm sure that there are um, people at the Kremlin who understand this. I'm sure Putin understands this. It's just a question of how far um, is he willing to go. So uh, I mean, what, what do you guys think? I don't know. I'm, I don't know. 
I don't know what Putin thinks he could gain from it. You know what I mean? Yes. Maca, yeah, what do you, I mean, go ahead. I would say, I mean, I think that he's brought this up before, but nothing's come to fruition. He's lost what he's lost. Uh, he has a, there's have an internal issue with this uh, partial, um, oh, what do they call it? Partial, uh, when they called up the reserves. Oh, partial and mobilization. That, that the, pars, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Partial mobilization. Mm. I mean, I think the bigger talk that I've been hearing is how they've tried to, like, uh, have punitive measures against the local bureaucrats that mismanage this whole thing, right? Like, uh, Putin's brought up nukes in the past. He's bringing up now. He's losing the fight. And internally, it's falling apart. So, and I, and I don't want to say I don't. It's not going to happen. But it, the the longer this goes, I mean, I just don't see it likely. And there's the political ramifications. Like the whole world supports Ukraine right now for the most part, mm-hmm. minus like Iran feeding uh, Russia, uh, you know, drones and other things. Mm-hmm. But uh, you bring a nuke into the fight, like, you know that's opening Pandora's box. You have to know. Yeah. No matter how crazy you are, like, they, that would be, you know, you brought up a question last week, like, if they annex these areas, right, with the referendum vote, like, would that give Putin the justification to the world stage to escalate things? If you nuke, if a nuke goes off anywhere, that is the justification. And there are certain lines that no matter how weak world leaders may be, you cannot, you yeah. cannot let Russia launch a nuke and that go unanswered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I think Putin knows it. Yeah. And, and I think if if he he were to do it, that would... Actually, if he were to do it and we were to not respond, that would... I mean, th- that would be the end of NATO, um, uh, uh, the, if not in um, a, oh. a practice in... in it, like, script, you know what I mean? Like, and, you know... Absolutely. And... Our response does not necessarily have to be another nuclear weapon. I, I mean, I, I actually would hope that I've, I, I hope that we wouldn't launch a nuke. It was, but I've read things that, uh, you know, it could range uh, anything from like maybe sinking the Black Sea fleet, um, really, really ramping up, um, you know, our weapons um, production. Also, too, at this point, another thing to consider, um, at this point, you know, let's, let. Let's assume Russia was to turn this thing around and win. What are they inheriting? They're inheriting a country that has been, you know, close to leveled. That, um, you know, Putin. Well, the thing with autocrats is that you don't think about the well-being of your people. So he's not his, his, you know, analysis is not like, oh, I'm about to inherit, you know, four uh, countries or four um, regions that have been, uh, you know, basically leveled that we need to rebuild. He's just like that's never gonna happen, you know what I mean? Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, Maxwell, I, I completely agree with you. Like, um, yeah, if he goes and um, nukes his dad, we we have we like we have to respond. We can't not respond. And if you don't respond in the face of Russia using a nuclear weapon, then I I don't know what you respond to. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, hard, hard. Yeah, if, we, if, we yeah. don't, if we don't respond, then we may be part of the problem. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, we've, we've, we, we've got to, and I, I think it would be, um, you know, and I think also, I think too, you would really see, if, if he did cross that line and use a nuke, you, you would see all of NATO, um, Coalesce around. I, it's, of course, Hungary is the one exception. There's always that one, it, it, Hungary. But um, but even then, I think that even Orban, he might he might not be as enthusiastically um, on board. But he won't. It, the pressure would just be too much politically on him, um, and really everyone in Europe um, uh, 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 to not respond. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, yeah, and then I also I looked at the only, only person that would probably like it would be Young Jung Moon or whatever his name is. Oh yeah, Kim, yeah, Kim Jong who who launched a ballistic missile over Japan this weekend. Today, yeah. Which that's so funny. I thought you said a Young Jim Beam. <laughs> <laughs> He's everything but that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and North North Korea we can go. I think I think North Korea is. Um, I actually think North Korea is. How can I say this? I, they're serious, but like I think that uh, he just likes showing off his arsenal. I I'm actually not terribly worried about North Korea at this particular moment in time. You know what I mean? But um, I mean, I'm not I'm not too worried about him either. Yeah. Trump shut his ass up for four years. I mean, somebody else doing Yeah. So. So yeah. So. Oh, so hard, but, but with the nuclear, anything else you got? Any other anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, just I mean, if he if he goes that route, even to the slightest, I mean, even just moving the sub, the big thing. I mean, we we need to watch what that thing's going. I'm sure we know where it's going, but um, or have a good idea. I know I read you read on into that article. It says they say it's going to some island. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, off of Russian reducing tests is what they think. But mm. We'll yeah. see. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, even a te- when you're an active war, uh, I would think a test is no longer a test. I mean, you're, you're preparing to use it. It's not, you're not testing it. You're preparing to use it. Yeah. That would be even a, a red line for me. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a highly, highly if provocative if act. Russia wasn't at war and they wanted to test it on something, I can say, you know. Yeah. We're going to watch it, but when you're in, in an active war and you want to go test a nuke, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm wondering, um, I'm also wondering where the line is for the Russian generals. You know where in, in in the FSB, all their intelligence services. You know where are they going to say, uh, no, enough's enough. You know what I mean. Like if Putin does give the order to launch, are they you going to um, be like, all right, that's enough. We're 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 done with this now, because you know they, 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 they the the one thing that I had to 
the 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 Soviet Union. They were um, they were evil, but they weren't they weren't stupid. I mean, they understood the stakes, and that's why you know Putin has to understand the stakes. I I know he's he's got himself into this, and he's he's buried himself, and I know that he. Um, I, I think a lot of it's self-preservation too. He knows that if he doesn't come back with something, then he's going to, at the very least, um, be be removed from power and very possibly fall out a window as well. Um, you know, there's this. It's very very high stakes for him, so he has to have something. But um, you know, he also has to understand that um, the the big risk that using a a nuke has. But I. Who knows? He might get that death. He might say, "Let's just try one and let's see what happens." And um, you know, he could be. I mean, his his calculation could be, "Let's try one. Let's see what happens." Um, if I'm finished after that, I'm finished after that. It may have taken. You know, they'll just they'll just speed the process up a little bit. But I I don't know. I don't know what his calculations are. So you know, but yeah. Anyways, anyways. Anything else on the um, the nuclear side before I have I have one more thing that I saw that was pretty horrifying that I want to discuss. But anything else for the nuclear? No, man. Good. All right. So, I read an article yesterday that um, was fucking horrifying, and it's it was in the New Yorker, and it was inside Russia's filtration camps in eastern Ukraine and basically um, it was an article about the um, they're, they're, they're called filtration camps they're more like um, concentration camps but um, basically they're rounding up the Russian army in um, areas of Ukraine that it occupies is rounding up um, Ukrainian mostly military age males but um, basically anyone that it deems, any civilian that it deems a threat for, you know, ideological purposes or otherwise, and, uh, bringing them to these camps in, uh, Ukraine that they have, um, that they have constructed, uh, there, the, 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 there was still speculation in the article about what exactly the, um, the point of these are, you know, what the, um, uh, you know, ultimately what they're trying to do. Um, with these camps, and sort of the are uh, the uh, the writer kind of arrived at um, the conclusion that what they're they're basically trying to purge all of the um, uh, 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 the disloyal um, Ukrainians, so that when should you know Russia ever uh, succeed in you know annexing and occupying these territories, then uh, all political resistance is um, is basically gone. So. Uh, you know, and there, there's some, this guy that they, they interviewed one guy who went through, he was in a camp for about a month and a half, and he's, he, I guess he gave, he was interrogated numerous times, he gave all the right answers, but he talked about how um, some people were tortured, how, um, you know, some people just disappeared, and I'm sure that these are some of the people that ended up in some of these mass graves, um, but, you know, one of the horror, the, 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 the thing that actually bothered my mind, which I, hasn't really gotten a whole lot of press here, is that um, this article estimated that 1.6 million people have been deported, forcibly deported from Ukraine to Russia, which is crazy. Into, into like remote areas of yeah. Russia. Yeah. Yeah, I read that. Is this the same guy that before he, after he got released, but before he went home, he like 
shaved his head and cleaned up so he would look like he is a free man instead of someone that was in the camp. They they did not I not he didn't say that so I don't think that was this article but the one thing that he said that was interesting is like they got all these guys together and they confiscated their cell phones but then they gave him their cell phones back so he ended up connecting with a Russian run human rights group in Georgia who um, was able he actually they public he like sent them some photos and sent them some names and the camp found out but then the camp like closed down a week later and the the the, the, the interesting thing. The human rights, they were, you know, they were talking, and they, the human rights, you got to trust us, send us names. He's like, when they have specific names of specific people in specific camps, then um, uh, the the camps tend to close down because I guess the government, the Russian government, gets spooked and they close them down. But um, but yeah, but I, I guess obviously Maxwell, you've read a little bit about this. Yeah, yeah, they're they're shipping people off. You- these Ukrainians off to like very remote areas of Russia and spreading them out. Like, so it's not like, you know, it's not like they're all being concentrated in one area when they get sent into Russia. They're like, and I, I don't know specifically why they're doing that, but they are just, you know, just upending these people's lives pretty, pretty, uh, pretty intensely, right? Like, yeah, you know, you don't even know where you're going because it's so austere and remote, which I guess is par for the course for Russia. Yeah, yeah, and what's what's you know what's been really just I mean, inter- I don't know if interesting is the right word, but I guess you know interesting for me is, I mean, it it doesn't sound like they're they're it's like a Holocaust final solution type um, type plan, but they're just like I don't know if they're going to try to russify these people, try to make them Russians. Are they going to you know, these people are obviously being kept against their will. Um, you know, is the plan to, when the war ends, you know, let them go back home? Is it the plan to, you know, keep them captive for years? I, you know, the, my heart broke because, like, um, this is the kind of thing that people are going to forget about after the war. People in Ukraine won't forget about, but people in the, you know, the West you know, and in the outside world will, will, will forget about. And these people are just going to languish for years and years and years, just like, basically like um kidnapped by russia so i yeah it's it's i don't know if they're well, I mean, it, yeah you know it may take years to get it all figured out and get these people back to their homes yeah because with, with the state you know the, the the russia so first of all the russian government just lies and lies and lies and lies and lies about everything so yeah i could see this the kind of thing like we never we never um uh, uh, we never, uh, uh, we never took anybody from Ukraine. We never, these, they all came willingly. They all came this, or even if they did come, they're going to deny it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a scary situation, man. So, and, so Maxwell, what else have you read about it? Kind of tell me more. That's, that's pretty much most of what I know about it. Uh, and I guess they started doing this pretty early on, like, mm-hmm. But we just found out about it as places are getting liberated. Yeah, it is. It is just. I mean, I mean, what, 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 what are they doing? Are they drugging these dudes? Like, I mean, you said they're military. No, they're just rounding them up, man. They just got them at gunpoint. Yeah, yeah. They just go to their houses, take their rifle, and they're like, just get on this, get on this bus. We're taking to a train, and they, you're just going to fucking Siberia. You know. Yeah. 
It is crazy. Okay. It's and it's it's it's. it's so they're, they're just basically they're just replacing them somewhere so they don't fight against them. Yeah. I mean, like the 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 only equivalent I could think of. Um, I mean, you know, you have you have uh, you know Nazi Germany, but then like you know during the Balkan uh, wars in the nineties, you know some stuff like this happened, but not like. Um, it, 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 it are was, they like are they like taking and dropping them off, or are they taking them somewhere and like put them in camp? I don't know. I don't know. So, I there there is some information about what's happening to the people who remain in Ukraine. But I think it's kind of a black hole once they disappear off into Russia. What one one thing the article did say is there's, um, you know, state sponsored on the Russian state TV, like these people are being brought in and they're like welcomed by these Russian crowds who, of course, were you know fucking paid and bust in and and fucking <laughs> given given their lines. You know what I mean? But as soon as they the cameras turn off, they're sent somewhere. You know who knows? You know what I mean? I. I mean, a military age male, that's a grown man. I mean, yeah. I would think to know, I would like to, I mean, if somebody comes and scoops me up, I, wherever I'm going is not going to be a happy place when I get there. No. I'm going to wreck havoc. Yeah. And, and that might, you know, that might be happening too. We don't unless know. They, unless they drug me and, uh, you know, yeah. turn me into whatever they want me to be. But yeah. I'm a free-willed man, military age male. No, all hell's breaking loose wherever I want to go. Mm. I would think Ukrainians would probably do the same after watching them for the last year. Yeah. It's it's interesting. This article said that this guy, he was 20 years old and he was disqualified from army search because he had um, bad knees. And he was oh, in... Oh, bullshit. I bet they're taking for bad knees right now. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the... Uh, so yeah, so he, but he, what what he described, he was in, they took him to, I want to say it was an old factory, an old warehouse or something. And he, it was him and like 45, about 45 other military males. He said, there were a handful of women that came through. Uh, Another thing that I've read too is, um, uh, you know, the, uh, just the the Russian army is, is using, um, you know, using sex as a weapon and you are using rape. I shouldn't say sex, excuse me, using rape and sexual assault as a weapon. I know that they've been. Um, coming through, and that's a that's a horrible form of psychological warfare. And um, uh, I, I've read some stuff that was bullshit, but then you know there's you know lots of reports of uh, you know Russian uh, soldiers you know uh, raping women and coming through and doing. That. And you're gonna unfortunately you're gonna see um, a whole lot of that. But I you know I wonder if these you know um, the people who were deported to Russia maybe maybe they keep the military age males um, in Ukraine and and you know you know, finish them off there, and maybe it's mostly elderly, and the women that go to Russia, I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying, like, um, yeah, it's fucking, and part, real quick, quick aside, part, like, the Russian back, like, Russian rednecks are fucking backwards, man, like, the back, like, backwater part of Russia is fucking backwater, bro, so, like, it, it yeah, they're not going to a happy place, like, definitely not, so, but, um, well, anyways, well, this war just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm, I, if, if it continues the way it is now, which we hope, and Ukraine prevails, unfortunately, there are going to be a year, we are going to be uncovering um, war crimes 
for years and years and years after this. And unfortunately, too, Russia, the, the, the perpetrators are never going, I don't say never going to pay, but after it's over, the chances of the perpetrators coming to justice for it are almost non-existent. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's not going to end the way World War II ended, where we, you know, decimated the Nazi government and um, put everybody on trial. It's 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 not going to happen. Um, and which is which is quite unfortunate. Or the Balkans, we put a, a you know a lot of the um, the Yugoslav um, leaders, including Slobodan Milosevic, went on trial. Um, that's never going to happen with Putin. Putin's either going to you know get a bullet to the head or or you know fall out a window, or they're just going to. Sh- send into some dacha on the Black Sea and just let them die in peace. And unfortunately, I think it's probably going to be the latter. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, that's one thing that is, is... I'm sorry to press everybody who's listening to this, but, um, you know, one of the things that I have learned about um, conflict is, you know, after the war, you know, when the conflict ends and the world moves on, which is what is going to happen to... Um, uh, 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 Ukraine, you do see it happening in Afghanistan right now. Um, you know, a, a lot of the war crimes and the things that happen, um, some of them get reported, some of them get memorialized, some of them get remembered, but most of them don't, and uh, the perpetrators usually fucking get away with it. So that's a bummer, but that's also a fact of life. So, so on that kind of shitty note, Maxwell, do you have anything to, to close it out with? Yeah, man, I'm just going to say this, like, you look at, uh, I look at the Ukrainian soldiers and what they're doing right now and, and the whole situation there is akin to World War II. Like, there's only one solution and that's total victory. And, you know, it may sound idealistic, but I really believe that, Ukrainians, you know, where we, where we before were like, oh, well, it's measured. We'll wait and see. The Ukrainians will win this thing. It's not going to be easy. They've done quite a, they've done quite a lot. They've got the support of the right people. And like we were saying, if Putin escalates this thing anymore, we will, the world will step in and but the Ukrainians have it in their guts. They got it in their hearts. And, and they're ferocious. They, they're going to defeat Russia. I'm not going to say swiftly, but that will be the end result. Because they got too much fight in them. There will be, and, and I believe in, in the heart of every Ukrainian, that is the only answer. And that's why they're kicking ass as much as they are. So, that's my thought. I agree. Good to go. Harpo, what do you got? Yep, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I'm just, my final, it's going to be interesting to, um, you know, see what comes out in the next couple of weeks. I want to know what's going to happen with the North Korean thing, too. That's just so fresh. Yep, we're gonna have to see. So, crazy times over in that area. Mm-hmm. All right. So, actually, I am going to. Um, I know that uh, the 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 uh, U.S. government hasn't um, 
really cooperated or, you know, given people a lot to love over the last couple years. But I actually think that um, we have, uh, the U.S. government has actually done a pretty good job so far. I think that, and, and, and on both sides of the aisle. So you do have your, um, so people on the very far left who think war is always wrong and the U.S. is an imperial state. You have people on the right who are uh, you know, isolationists and think that, the, um, that uh, you know, America needs to go alone and should not intervene um, for any reason. And those two flanks have actually been pretty successfully um, pushed to the side. And I think that uh, Biden's strategy so far has been pretty sound. I think that we have, uh, you know, as we were discussing earlier, you know, providing the weapons, providing intelligence, and providing some of this high-level um, advisory along with the special operations and um, some of the clandestine stuff that we don't know about has proven effective and has uh, proven to help. Um, and it seems to be helping the Ukrainian army a lot. Um, so that's been great. But also, you know, Republicans have pretty much laid off him and haven't gone after him for this and haven't criticized him and have backed off. And, you know, there's been signs of support. There hasn't been, um, you know, a, a whole lot of, um, how can I say this, um, a, a, a lot of outward support from Republicans for Biden, but they've backed off. And I think in, um, in you know, in 2022, that's actually um, a sign of support. And, and the fact that they're not politicizing this or jumping down his throat and just kind of letting him and the military and the intelligence agencies do what they're supposed to do is, is I think, the right thing to do. So, um, yeah, so in, um, so it, it is, it, by, by not fighting, it's uh, an area of bipartisan cooperation, which um, I certainly hope continues. And I, and I think that um, our support for Ukraine should continue, Maxwell, for everything you said. And um, yeah, we should. And actually, I I think that this is pretty. The, the support of the Ukrainians is pretty politically popular on uh, both sides of the aisle, and um, I think that it will continue. So, all right. So, so those are my those are my thoughts. So, all right, everybody. Matthew, uh, Maxwell, thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, it's always fun. Yep. Harpo, thank you. Same time, same place. We'll do it. We'll do it. Everybody who's listening, thank you so much for listening. We love talking to you. Our hearts go out to the people of Ukraine and the Ukrainian army. Keep fighting. Keep it up. You are, you are setting the example for bravery and courage and just grace under fire for the rest of the world. And our hearts go out to you. And and I don't have to tell you to keep it up, but you are, you're, you're, you're doing great. And we love you. So, to everybody listening, thank you so much. We love you, and we will see you next week.